Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO, and we're continuing to talk here with David Fleecheck. He is the CEO and president of Avera McKinnon Hospital in Sioux Falls. Uh, so you, Avera has been very involved. Obviously, you're expanding a lot in Sioux Falls, but you've been very involved with rural health care as well. Avera in general, that's not what you're dealing with so much, but the notion of rural health care uh, has to be a very difficult proposition in these times. W- what do you see as the future of delivery over these wide expanses for people who clearly uh, aging populations can be a lot of demand out there. How do you reach those folks? Yeah, that's a, uh, I tell you, the uh, rural markets, so I've hired physicians both in Sioux Falls and the rural markets, and right now in Sioux Falls, it's, uh, I can hire just about every specialty I need. Of course, they want to come to a bigger center. A lot of folks coming home, of course. Mm-hmm. It is hard to uh, now hire physicians out in that rural market. You know, they marry an engineer or they marry a prof- another professional, mm-hmm. you know, in Gregory, South Dakota, you know, where are you going to put another professional right. back to work? And so I do think we are going to have uh, long-term issues in all positions, whether it's a physician, a med tech, a radiology tech. How are we going to leverage the workforce to do what's needed out there? Because patients are sicker and older, uh, that's for sure. Uh, I would say one benefit is our telemedicine program. We have... I mean, if you've never seen it, our eHelm is uh, 724 physicians, nurses, pharmacists, uh, and they can really leverage that technology to take care of some of these patients to keep them in Gregory as opposed to having them come back here to Sioux Falls. And so I, I would say between our uh, technology, our partnerships with uh, radiology equipment where things can be done remotely, where you can actually plan a patient uh, that needs to be done and it can be scanned remotely, or e-radiation oncology we're looking at where uh, physician, dosimetrist, and physicists can do the remote planning for Marshall, Minnesota, so they don't have to hire a dosimetrist, a physicist, and a radiation oncologist, and then we can uh, do it through telemedicine. Yeah. So the other part of that, obviously, is paying for it. Um, in all these discussions about health care reform, um, the, the notion of Medicaid, which is a huge part of what happens out here in South Dakota, uh, how how concerned are you about the conversations that are going on right now in terms of the reimbursement that you'll be getting for this wide-ranging treatment? Yeah. You know, I think everything in Washington's a little crazy right now, so every day it could be something different we're hearing. Uh, I think the latest they've talked about with Medicaid is, you know, the state of South Dakota did not expand Medicaid. Uh, but uh, I think they've been talking to, so right there we're disadvantaged a little bit in that mm-hmm. we might have higher uh, people with bad debt and charity required mm-hmm. because they're not on Medicaid. Uh, also, they're thinking of block grants where they'd give a block grant. You know, it sounds great in theory, but just so it keeps up with the pace of the population. So sometimes they give you a block grant and it's fixed, and as your population grows, it's less money spread out over more people. That has a concern to me yeah. as well. And the, as I recall... Um, with the latest, with the Graham-Cassidy, which was the, the really the move to block grant the entire program, the hospital, so National Hospital Association was against it, the AMA was against it, AARP, the nurses, most everybody in the industry was against it. Um, did you, you guys don't weigh in on that as much. What, what did you, what's your message to our delegation in terms of block granting and how this is going to work and what it means for healthcare in South Dakota? Well, I think always uh, the states have a little better control over how to manage something versus a federal program. 
Uh, although I, I'd say the Medicare programs worked out fairly well to us. I think our message is we want people covered with whether it's Medicaid or some type of insurance plan so that they don't show up in the ER because they're afraid to go see the doctor because they don't have any insurance. So our message is we want to have a broad-based insurance plan for all uh, and how that how that comes about. I think the concern about the black grants is just what I said, is that they won't mm-hmm. keep pace. Uh, well, and the funding was going to go yeah. down. And so you're a state that expanded. You're in deep trouble. Uh, so I don't think it'd be as bad for us. But at the same time, you know, you can't grow 50,000 people and have the same kind of uh, reimbursement system. It's got to grow with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they did offer some flexibility uh, in the state grant, block grant. Mm-hmm. I think that was the selling point for that. But in the end, it has to come down to we just want to be ensured that uh, patients have coverage and they're not showing up in the ER. Uh, as Which is what happened. Ex- exactly. That's why we're here. Exactly. Um, we're here with David Fleecheck. He is the CEO and president of Avera McKinnon Hospital. We're talking a little bit about rural health care delivery and uh, expansion of the Avera facilities. Um, the other thing that people talk a lot about when we talk about healthcare in this community is they see these expansions and whether it's, it's Avera or Sanford, they say, you know, we have these two hospitals, they just expand, expand, expand. Why don't they work together and help everybody out and everybody just fine? You must hear that all the time. Yep, I do. What, what do you tell people when they say that to you? Yeah, I think in, this is a case where both health systems, uh, lift each other up in that uh, competition is good. There are some communities where there's a sole provider community hospital that doesn't provide all the services that we provide. We provide liver transplant. You know, in the state of South Dakota, there's only three people listed on a liver transplant. Uh, Now we have over 30 people listed on liver transplant at Avera McKinnon. So I think this is a case where I think both systems kind of push each other to be better, and I think that's helpful. I also think both systems have to plan for the community and for the future. So if you're adding 50,000 more people, I think both of us probably have to start planning for that. If you get behind, what happens is people show up in the wrong place. If I don't have enough uh, neurologists, then they go to the ER. And so i got to make sure I keep up with the growing pace of the community. Both of us have to. The general feeling about – the other thing about this when people look at this is sports and – you guys are very involved in sporting, and you've got your D, the D1 program that you're uh, um, partnered with. Uh, you know, I don't really understand the whole relationship yep. there, but there's, you know, there's a lot going on in the realm of sports. Why are hospital and healthcare systems so involved in sports sponsorships, sports medicine, all of it? Yeah, I think it's an access point. It's no different than primary care. A lot of patients enter uh, both systems through uh, sports or injuries, and so you've got to have a access point for them to see you. Uh, And so in the orthopedic realm, obviously, we have Warwick workouts. uh, And I think we are looking at making sure that I think we have a 1,000 kids in our volleyball program. You think about a 1,000 kids. a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So I I think you have to service them. It's no different than uh, primary care, uh, access point. It's really just an access point for sports. So let's take this back to the new facility for a second. you mentioned all the specialties out there. Uh, what's the timeline here? Because you're just starting, right? You're just flattening out the ground yeah. out there. How's this all going to come together? Yeah, so we have, uh, actually, if you look out there, I, I can't believe it's like they've been working like ants, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, so this uh, fall of 2019 is when we want to have our grand opening, fall of 2019. So it's going to be a year and a half, uh, almost a two-year build. 
And again, I think it's the complexity of four stories, ORs, uh, in an inpatient room. And then uh, at, at the same time, we're at the main campus doing our ICUs, our rehab, and our new ORs. So a lot going on in the next uh, two years. The um, 10 years, 20 years from now, I think what people worry about, the public perception, is that Avera is not as financially stable. Will Avera still be here in 20 years? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. We're the... Uh, highest rated uh, health insur- or health system in the state of South Dakota. So I think we're financially secure. Uh, we take, uh, it's important that of our health ministry, our mission, that we take care of everybody, the marginalized, those who don't have insurance, and at the same time uh, take care of those patients that uh, need us. So we feel really good about where we're at. We're in a good spot right now. Uh, we're projected to grow. Uh, and I just say we're very stable uh, financially. That's good to hear. David Flechek, he is the CEO and president of Avera McKinnon Hospital here in Sioux Falls. He took over on July 1st, and he has a big job ahead of him, and we really appreciate you coming in. Thank you, sir. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.